Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, February 28th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we discuss recent announcements from Facebook, Nokia, Mozilla, and Samsung and how they affect app developers. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Good morning. Good morning. Actually recording in the, well, it's not quite afternoon, so I'm calling it morning. Yeah, it's it's before noon. Mm. Exactly. Well, it's uh, it's good and bad, I suppose. It's we're in the middle of a day that's kind of busy. We have to, <laughs> yeah. not as relaxed as the, uh, the midnight oil ones. <laughs> no, probably won't get us as, as, um you know, out there in science fiction land. <laughs> exactly. Uploading our brains to computers and becoming immortal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's normal. That's normal. Uh, which reminds me, I, I just watched uh, the Ender's Game movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read that book, but it's a fantastic book. I have, I started the book, but then my eyesight got worse because it was during all the cataract garbage and I never finished it. Mm. I need to. How's, how's the movie? Yeah, it's it's just but, it's tough. Yeah, I almost got the movie the other night, but I thought, eh, I should probably just read the book instead. Yeah, the book is. I mean, I don't know. It's. I don't know if the movie would ruin the book. That's the that's what I'm wondering. But the book is the book is an all time sci fi classic, and the movie yeah. the movie is not. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was okay. It was worth. Uh, you know, one ninety nine or whatever I paid for it. Right. Uh, so I know we have uh, uh, not a lot of time today, so let's jump right into the feature. Okay, you've you've kept up with news more than I have because I've been preoccupied with with work and things. Uh, understood. So, so well, this will be good because we can get the the unfiltered reaction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, couple things going on mostly surrounding mobile world congress which uh started yesterday in barcelona uh what would by the time you listen to this it'll be a few days ago they have dogs with no noses what <laughs> that was a doctor who reference i'm sorry oh, wow i didn't get it anyway sorry um, <laughs> so it's you know it's the biggest event for uh mobile handset manufacturers in the world and it's an annual thing it's kind of like ces for just for phones, even though CES is kind of turning into a phones thing. And um, usually we don't talk about news, but this uh, stuff, I think, di- directly affects developers who are building applications for lots of platforms. Uh, because uh, there are all sorts of things going on in the in what I think is fair to call the platform wars, or the mobile platform wars, anyway. Um, so starting, I think, let's start with the biggest news, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is that... Nokia, who, as the dear listener may recall, uh, a few months ago um, was, I don't exactly understand how this works, but they were purchased by Microsoft. The handset division was purchased by Microsoft. And that deal, I think purchased is the wrong word, but there is a purchase in progress and it could theoretically go awry, but it should close in the next quarter or so. 
and uh, Microsoft will own Nokia. And they paid like bargain basement price for it. Um, I suppose it's a fair price now, but compared to Nokia's value, you know, going back, it's, it's sort of a fire sale. And there's just a ton of, uh, there's a ton of politics going on around the whole thing. Um, yeah, didn't didn't a bunch of the Nokia developers quit when Microsoft? Oh yeah, uh, there, that was actually when when so going backing up a couple of years, um, the the CEO of Nokia was I, I don't think he quit. I think he was unceremoniously removed by the board. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, Nokia had been working feverishly on their own operating system, and everybody was like, "Why don't you just use Android?" Yeah. Um, why don't you, you know, wh- why not just use Android? Why create your own platform? You guys make awesome hardware. Why don't you just keep on making awesome hardware? And, 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 and don't reinvent the wheel when right. there's already a perfectly good operating system. Right. Um, which actually, back then, it might have been a stretch to call Android perfectly good, but... Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, what it, it was still, it was, it was, you know, whatever they were making was going to be a V1 as well. It was called Mamo for a while, and they changed the name to Mego. And uh, then... Stephen Elop was named the new CEO who used to work at uh, Microsoft. And he came in and promptly changed their strategy uh, to be a Windows phone strategy. And that's when thousands of people quit. Um, And it's very, the culture there, I actually did work for them around that time. And the the culture is very proud and stubborn one. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was not received well. And in fact, the people who were working on Mego went off. And I think, I think that is the basis of the Sailfish operating system, but I could be wrong. Mm. But it still, it lives on though. Um, so, okay. So then fast forward a couple of years and, you know, to last year, let's say 2013, and Nokia is selling nine out of 10 Windows phones. Right. So basically the Lumias are the only Windows phones that are selling. In fact, some of the handset manufacturers that got in bed with Windows Phone early got out of bed and um, and Nokia basically owned the Windows Phone market. So that kind of put them in a power position over Microsoft because, you know, they could theoretically, you can imagine, they could do things that, um, you know, Microsoft didn't want, like, um, you know, go rogue and start offering Android handsets or they could... Um, I don't make demands on Microsoft about the way the operating system works or use backend services that Microsoft would prefer if you use their backend services, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, so it, it made sense when, when it was announced, it was kind of shocking, but it still made sense from a business standpoint that, that Microsoft would take over the handset business. So that way they could kind of control their destiny. So then there's this weird interim of about three months where the deal's not done, but it's, you know, and like it's already, explained like where Stephen Elop's going to go inside of Microsoft. It's like, it's all planned out. Yeah. And, uh, so at mobile world Congress yesterday, Stephen Elop goes on stage and announces three Android phones, <laughs> <laughs> which is like someone, someone on Twitter. Uh, I, I think it was, uh, Paul Thorat who covers Microsoft. He says, uh, it's like Nokia slept with their ex-girlfriend the night before their wedding to Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly what it's like. It's so bad. It is so bad. And and the um and the sort of apologists are saying, "Oh no." And in fact, Elop on stage is like strenuously trying to point out that this was the Android open source project, not 
uh, the, the Google services backend. So mm -hmm. all of the, there's like, for people that don't know, Android basically has two layers. It's the open source platform. And then there's a layer on top of that, that, that it's all the Google services. Yeah. It enables all this stuff that you think of on an Android phone, pretty much, you know, the play store and location services and maps and all, all the stuff that makes Android not suck. Right. <laughs> But, you know, in fairness, uh, Nokia has all of those things, too. Yeah. Um, but Microsoft doesn't want them to use Nokia's, even though, because I don't think that part is coming over. I, that part is still going to remain Nokia's. Um, but Microsoft has analogs to all of these things as well. So Bing for search, and uh, mm -hmm. they have maps, and they have location services, and they have all the, you know, and, you know one drive or whatever it's called now SkyDrive, OneDrive. so they are they going to put that on the android phones that will be the services layer um so interesting yeah and they're trying to they're trying so nokia is trying to spin it so that this is good for everyone it's just weird for yeah. everyone i think yeah it's total it's total bs i mean it's total spin because what's going to happen basically nokia just said that we can't make money in the growth markets with windows phone with because windows the, phones right yeah because the hardware requirements are too high or, or that's one reason i suppose uh that, that no one wants windows yeah it's just you know if people wanted the microsoft back-end services they are on windows phone but so here's the, there's a couple of, there's a bunch of problems with this. And I guess I don't need to go into real detail um, for the, because of developers, it boils down to this. There's no way anybody's going to develop for Windows Phone now. Like anybody that was even thinking about developing for Windows Phone would be bananas to keep doing it. <laughs> so it's because it, it's like, because all the people, because you got to remember handsets turn over so fast. Yeah. Everybody's going to have all the, it, so one of the big announcements was that there's no Google Play Store, but regular Android apps will run on it. So you, so what are people going to do? They're going to get all these apps. They're going to get in, they're going to dig all these apps. And then, you know, Elop claims that, oh, and then what'll happen is when they, when they graduate up from these Android handsets, which are, you know, 80, you know, between 89 and 109 euros each, mm -hmm. uh, when they graduate up. 20 more euros to a uh, bottom of the line Lumia or something, they're going to, they're just going to naturally gravitate to these windows phone handsets because they're gorgeous and wonderful and unibody, you know, enamel plastic. And, and it's like, no, but, no, they're no, not. No, no, <laughs> no. Cause they're going to have to get rid of all their apps, relearn the whole OS. They're not going to do it. Yeah. They're going to go to a familiar OS. It's much, it's, it, I would say that it's equally likely that they'll go to a different Android handset as they would to another Nokia phone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like which loyalty are they going to stick with? Right, right. They're going to get like a Google phone. Yeah, or, or Samsung. Yeah. You know, or HTC or any of the million other ones. And and Nokia is not offering anything at that layer. So that, that price range, it's just, it's just Windows phone died yesterday, basically. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's I'm torn on it because I I don't mind the operating system, but it is a ghetto in terms of apps. There's mm -hmm. there's just I mean I suppose most of the ones I want are on there, but um, the hardware is gorgeous. Nokia makes absolutely fantastic hardware, great camera. Um, I've got the 920, which is getting a little long in the tooth at this point, but they have they've got a ton of options, colors, everything. Um, yeah, I do really like Nokia's hardware. Yeah, and the new ones are are cool. They're like they're very iPhone five C ish. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, whatever. So, so these, these phones will never come out in the U S they're specifically for what they're calling growth markets, which are the emerging markets that are really, really leveling up with smartphones right now. Uh, so also in that category, while we're, while we're talking about growth markets, which is where everybody's not, well, not everybody's focusing, but everybody besides Samsung and Apple, um, Firefox OS, mm-hmm. if the dear listener recalls, uh, and Kelly, you, you will remember that I, I liked it. Uh, you got a phone and you liked it. Yep. And I into some bugs, but I like it. Yeah. And, uh, and we were, and I think both of us were like, this is a great phone, but it's way too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're charging, it was like, what is it? Like 129 US, something like that, which is cheap unsubsidized, but it's the same that you can get an Android phone for and you're nowhere near the app coverage. Yeah. Or even the user interface coverage. I mean, it's, it's not better than Android. No. So, right. So, so, so. Uh, yesterday or the day before, they announced that um, there is a, a an update available that is or will be uh, available soon that gives a significant user interface overhaul. And I haven't seen it, but uh, you know I haven't had it on my phone. But the um, I saw hands on I think on the Verge, and they were they were critical of the previous one, and they were they were very thumbs up about this one. It's really mm-hmm. smooth and some nice uh, tweaks and advancements and it runs really nicely on the hardware, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe I'll be able to delete home screen apps now. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Um, but the big news is that they are, they have worked out with a manufacturer. I can't remember which one it has a really weird name, like line life or something. It's like something that just translated horribly into English from Chinese. I think uh, they are going to have a $25 unsubsidized phone. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And so Brian LaRue on Twitter gave me a really interesting idea. He's like, at that price, you could use it like a Raspberry Pi. You could, yeah. You just buy it for 25 bucks. It's got a cell connection, which is the thing that always bummed me out about Arduinos and Raspberry Pis or a lot of the other sort of around-the-house sensor things is that you have to mess with your Wi-Fi to get them connected and stuff. And it's like, wow, what if, what if it just had cellular built in? You know, it, it kind of changes the changes the angle. Like, what if I could launch it remotely and see the camera from inside my house or what? You know, mm-hmm. like there's all sorts of interesting things you could do with it at that price. It's like, you know, in the U.S. market, that's basically a disposable electronics price. Yeah. Um, you know, but in the rest of the world, twenty five dollars still might be a little high, but there's a used market, so presumably they would be like really cheap in the used market and would be competitive price wise with the Android handsets. So. Um, and they're, they have announcing all kinds of partners. So these phones will be available. So it'll be interesting to see if they get picked up in these markets like Brazil and India, China, et cetera. Africa. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's really cool. Keep an eye on it. Yeah. And so for developers, um, to bring it back to the topic, developers may recall from our previous conversation, or you may know already that apps on, um, Firefox OS are just, just web apps that have a manifest that allows you to, uh, install them locally, give them heightened permissions. Um, but the, the OS is just extremely HTML friendly. The whole interface of the phone is built with HTML. So, uh, so whatever you do on the web will translate extremely easily to, uh, Firefox OS. Did you, I forget, did you ever, uh, submit Hugh? Yeah. 
Uh, no, I didn't because the HTML5 input uh, slider inputs weren't working, and I never oh, did right. anything about that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's definitely issues, but maybe in this new update they'll work. Maybe. And then I'm hopeful. Yeah, it's like that old that old saw. You could either spend six months debugging your code to make it or run you faster, just wait six months. or you could just wait six months and go play drums in a rock band, and uh, it'll just be faster because the yeah. hardware will be new. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, and I think, I, I feel like that is, that story is not going to go away. They're, they're getting, they're gaining momentum and maybe it won't translate into sales, but we'll see. Um, yeah, this, this is like, it's like one laptop per child for cell phones. Right. Yeah. It's, in fact, I saw that almost identical tweet. That was a, that was a common, wasn't somebody was like, wasn't this called one laptop for child per child? yeah um cool so that uh that's the mozilla news then we've got uh samsung and they're doing something interesting that uh will be of interest to cross-platform developers uh first they've updated their gear smartwatch um hardware so that there are now two options uh and the the bands are are interchangeable and one of the options doesn't have a camera and the other one that does have a camera they move the camera off of the band and onto the bezel of the watch so that you can switch out the bands Mm -hmm. and they're thinner and lighter and supposedly have better battery life all good things all good things Uh, they they're available in different brushed aluminum colors and but the thing that they didn't mention so i assume it hasn't changed is whether or not uh it works with more phones Uh, because the current version, which was like 300 bucks, only works with the Galaxy Note and Note 3 and I think the S4. That's really limited. Yeah, that's super lame. So especially for the price. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, if it's, a, if it's a, an accessory for a specific phone that I definitely will not have longer than 18 months. Right. Then come on, you know. So it's, it's like an obvious attempt to lock people in and... You know, so anyway, so that's so th- so okay, cool. So they updated the hardware. Hopefully, they'll lower the price a little bit. But the real big news is that they they were Android devices, and now they're going to be Tizen devices. And if you, I don't What's know, if, that? have you heard of? <laughs> I was going to ask. No, I haven't. So Tizen is an open source. Or I shouldn't say. It, yeah, I think it is open source, or at least there's a group of companies working on it. I assume it's open source. Uh, Linux operating system for mobile that is basically an Android competitor. Uh, mm-hmm. that Samsung is is the, I think, fair to say, the prime mover behind. Uh, so this seems like a way for them to test the OS in a sort of not-so-risky way uh, before potentially releasing it on phones in the future. So uh, Tizen's been around for at least a couple of years. I've been hearing about it. The PhoneGap guys talk about it. Um, but, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. I think Samsung has reasons to want to have options and not be married to Android. Mm. Business reasons or technical reasons? Business reasons. Yeah. I mean, you would have think, you'd think that you just wouldn't yeah. want to have one vendor that was so, so in control of certain things. Yeah. Something as important as the OS. Um, so the takeaway there is that, uh, is, you know, to keep an eye on Tizen, but again, it's like one of those things that, um, you know, I tweeted yesterday about all, you know, after the Nokia news and everybody, I mean, people were flipping out about that and, uh, you know, and I was like, you know, who doesn't care about this (laughs) web developers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
HTML runs on Tizen, Windows Phone, Android, Mac, Linux, Windows, Raspberry Pi, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sailfish, Firefox OS. It's going to run anything that has a screen. If it has a screen and a chip, it's going to render HTML. Yeah. So whether or not it's connected to the internet, uh, you know, it might not run web apps like the watch. I don't think connects to the internet, but it will render HTML. So there you have it. Um, oh, and in other news, Samsung news, they released a fitness band. So it's essentially a watch, but just not really a watch. It's more like a, um, like the Nike sport band. Very much so. But it's got compared to that. It has a, a big screen like, uh, mm. it's, it's, um, it's extremely long. It's weird. Like they, they oriented the screen so that it's in landscape mode. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tall and thin, but it's in landscape mode. So you so have like to, when you're looking at it, it's, it's sideways. Yeah. That actually, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go over. Yeah. Um, it looks great when they're showing you the watch in their hands on, right. the, on the video, but you know, it's, I don't know. There's like no way to make your arm do that. So, uh, that might become annoying. Uh, so, you know, why they didn't orient the icons the other way, I have no idea, but it's, it's basically like got two or three home screens that fit three or four, maybe five icons. It's very fitness oriented. Uh, it's, it uh, allows you to control your music player. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, Hmm. It's kind of like a cross between the pebble and an iPod nano, the tall skinny one. So, uh, no word on what operating system it runs or if there's going to be an SDK for it. I'd, I'd be surprised if there were, it seems like very, it's, it has the appearance of being a very closed appliance, like, uh, like, you know, like the Fitbit force or something right. like that. So it remains to be seen. Uh, I don't even know if it depends on a phone. Uh, actually, it does. I remember there's a Bluetooth connection for a phone, but it, it wasn't super clear about exactly what the dependencies were. So more wearables. Oh, so I almost forgot. Speaking of wearables, mm-hmm. over the weekend, uh, the weekend, I went to a college reunion, and one of the guys is a nerd like me and has Google Glass. So he brought Ooh. them so I could try them. Oh, you got to try them. I tried Google Glass. I'm I'm jealous. Um, I would be too. You should be. (laughs) They, so my immediate reaction was like, these will not sell, but they're going to be amazing. So this particular version of them is worse in person than I thought it would be Mm. in terms of dumb stuff, like comfort, (laughs) like, like comfort's not a dumb thing, but it's totally solvable. Yeah. Like they nailed all the impossible stuff. Like, like the speed, the prism itself, like the yeah. positioning over the eye, the bone conduction, the swipe gestures, like all the really yeah, hard they didn't cutting put any edge padding stuff. on there. On no, the there's, there's no padding, it, and it's too small for me. Like, mm. like the uh, if you if you think of like if you picture it, the right arm, yeah, has like a battery that kind of hangs down behind your ear, mm-hmm. and the arm's not long enough for that chunk to go behind my ear. Oh, and you don't have a particularly large head. No, I I do. I really do. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's glasses are tough. Oh. So it's so it is partially it's partially my fault, but uh, it's also a lot. It's heavier than you, like you really feel like you're wearing something. As light as it looks, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's on. 
yeah. yeah, you've you've got something on your head, and it's it's not like glasses. And I used to wear glasses. Yeah. Um. It's it's like, it's it it's overstating it to say ski goggles, but it feels like you've got a special thing on. Mm. And of course you do, but you'd like it to not feel like that. You'd like to just sort of melt into your right eyebrow. Yeah, I still I still want to try it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, so the the good news is I can totally see the screen. That's good. I, I want to try one before I buy one because I don't know if I would be able to see it. Yeah, it's really cool. Like the screen and the gestures are a freaking amazing. And the um, they were brilliant to place it above the eye so it's not directly mm-hmm. in your field of vision. It was a super cool move. It's your notification. It's like it's all the things that I like about notifications on my watch, but even easier and and more rich, much richer. Yeah. And interactive, which the watch isn't. So, and it's got Google now and Google voice commands. So, and you know how good those are. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's crazy, crazy good. Um, so uh, point, I guess the, the takeaway for developers is that it's going to definitely going to be a thing. Like it, I promise you, it might take two years. Yeah. Like the ergonomics still have issues, but yeah. the technology is awesome. That prism is money. It is so awesome. When are these going to be available like, for sale? Mm. I don't know, but um, but my friend said that he uh, occasionally gets invites that he can give out. So he's gonna if he gets another one, he's gonna send me one. So nice. I'll have the p- privilege of paying fifteen hundred bucks to get a pair. Nice. Um, yeah. So God. So can you pay three thousand to get two? I'll send you <laughs> send you money. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll let you try mine before you know. Before you can. <laughs> hopefully, I'll get invites. I can send to you. So yeah, Christmas. Um, <laughs> so again, just like the 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 wearables thing is is going to catch on. It, the fitness it'll probably come slow in terms of tipping point, mass market appeal. It's going to sneak mm-hmm. in through the Fitbit door and the Nike Fuel Band. Uh, these yep. are these are going to get popular. Then we'll get something like the like the Dash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which which I totally banged on about last week forever so if people mm-hmm. are interested in hearing more about that they can check out last week's episode number 96 but uh yeah this is this stuff's coming it's gonna take it's gonna take the, the fitness stuff's gonna catch on fast oh by the way the samsung the sam new samsung galaxy s5 was announced and it um monitors your heart rate from the, the back of the somehow the back of the phone monitors your heart rate and and step tracking and all that stuff uh, so that yeah, the the new S five was announced. It looks it's like just like the S four, but bigger screen in the same shape, size, body, and just like just crazy awesome phone. If you don't mind touch whiz. Hmm. Um, so let's see. So just all kinds of crazy stuff going on in wearables and platforms and um, and uh, platform wars, I should say. And then the last thing I, I wanted to mention was the Facebook an, uh, acquisition of WhatsApp. Yes. And this is, this is, um, the, I think the reason this is relevant to the podcast is because like, like 16 billion, I don't think Microsoft paid that much for Nokia and <laughs> they paid it to like a, a, you know, Facebook bought a WhatsApp, which is basically, I'm going to oversimplify it. Yeah, I, I had never heard of WhatsApp until Facebook bought it. Yeah, there's like three really big ones, like Line, WhatsApp, and WeChat. And, and the, you know, and the reason there's like, 
it sounds crazy, but I feel like it, it was a good move for Facebook. Like they, or I shouldn't say good move. It's, it's a very defensive move. If, and I think it's possible that if they hadn't done it, they would have really been in trouble. What is it? What is it's a, it's basically free SMS, like okay. in a nutshell, it's free SMS. And so what's interesting is that the user behavior around it in the developing world, um, is that so so here's the so let me back up a second so uh i some you know one of our mutual friends was like what's the deal with this 16 billion dollar dot dot and he's like seems crazy and i'm like nah facebook had to do that to to stay relevant like to create this like facebook company social portfolio you Mm -hmm. know because you know they have they're they're adding users like a million users a day or something it's like insane that ramp up uh so so and you know and and just from a feature standpoint it's sms but vote free it's not free you pay like 99 cents a year so it's you know might as well be free compared to the carriers well yeah and so he's like why would they do that and i'm like and i was like whatsapp only exists because sms isn't free like the carriers could kill this in two seconds if they wanted to yeah they could but then, but then what do they do? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like they could kill the deal, but what does that do for them? It's that if they don't, if they don't change the, um, they could puncture the value of it, but that would also puncture the value for them. So instead what they're going to do is not, they'll probably lower their prices to remain somewhat competitive, mm-hmm. but they will drag it out as long as possible. They'll milk it basically until the adoption is until SMS paying for SMS just doesn't happen anymore. Right. So what's interesting, so we had this back and forth chat and I was like, I was like, they had to do it even though, even though it's going to be irrelevant in 18 to 24 months, because by then SMS will have collapsed. It won't matter, but Facebook would have been screwed in the meantime because all the users would have gone. So all the users they want would have gone somewhere else and like been on somebody else's platform. So, it's weird. It's like there are billions of dollars to be made in between the seismic shift of power. Mm-hmm. But if they just waited, well, if they if Facebook just waited, they would have been destroyed probably. Like they would have really been damaged. Um, but so here's, so then, you know, I, and I actually, I posted the chat online. So, you know, I asked my friend, I was like, hey, if you mind if I post this? And he's like, go ahead. So I posted it online and immediately got um, some pushback from a Twitter employee who had just come back from, India. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the things that I I knocked WhatsApp for is that it's it, it is not cross it's it runs on like it runs on everything. It run on a pair of scissors. But <laughs> it uh it, it won't run on two things. So you can put it on your Android phone, but you can't also put it on your iPhone. Because oh. it forces you to actually use the phone number. Okay, it'll run on everything, but not two things at once. Not well. You, you got to use well. You got to use your phone number. Right. You have to use your phone number, so you'd have to have two different accounts. Right. And it doesn't run on iPods because those don't have a phone number. So it's strictly for things with a phone number, and it is is one to one mapped between the phone number and the the app. And I was like, that is a deal breaker for me. Like I uninstalled it because what am I, you know, why would, why would I use that instead of like direct messages on Twitter or Facebook <laughs> messenger or anything like that? And the, the, the Twitter guy was like, yeah, but in, the, but he's like, that's a very U S centric view, which he's totally right. He's like in, in India, 
nobody has two devices. In fact, or he said, nobody has two phones. Never mind two phones. They don't even have a phone and a laptop. They have the phone, and that's it. Right, right. That's a good point. In a large, large chunk of the world. Yeah, the vast majority of yeah, they they access the internet on their phone, or they have the phone, and or not even a smartphone. Just they have the cell phone, and that's it. Mm. And so the behavior. This this is what's really interesting about the behavior, and this is I feel like this is a takeaway for developers as well, is that the the cellular options that that they had in you know this is observations of a single guy who spent a week in India, but you know he this is he was there to sort of notice this stuff, so. I, I don't take it with too much of a grain of salt, but the behavior that was being exhibited is that they're like, they have availability of 3G, but it's more expensive than 2G. So people were just saying, you know what, I just, I'm just going to pay for 2G and use WhatsApp. Which to me proves, I guess, that people, <coughs> like all the other things you do on the, the web browsing and email, they don't care. Like, like if there's the one thing that the people care about if you had to have one feature on your phone, and I think I might agree with this even for myself, if there's one thing you have, it's some kind of like some kind of short messaging. Mm-hmm. If you took away, it's it's tough for me to give up the web browser, but if I had to pick between the web browser and the and SMS, I'd have to pick SMS. Otherwise, it's not a communication device. Yeah, right. Like what? How am I gonna? You don't well, even I mean, presumably you could communicate. If you're saying you couldn't communicate through the web browser, then yeah. How would you? Like, how would I get in touch with Erica through a web browser? Well, you'd have to be emailing. <laughs> right. It's it's just not, yeah, which you could do, but but you can't do that on a 3G connection. I mean, on a 2G right. connection, because we all... Right, that's true. You can't, yeah. Everybody who had an iPhone knows that that yeah, is just... Again, I'm, again, I'm being very US-centric. <laughs> so I just thought that was very interesting that that they were like, you know, all things considered, when you consider the money and the things that I really want this phone to do, and like nobody's using voice. Mm-hmm. Like even given the option of voice versus chat, people would rather use text and and you can understand why, especially if they're charging for minutes, which I don't know, but it is, they are uh, almost, I think I'm correct in saying that plans are generally pay as you go and I assume it's minutes based, but it could just mm-hmm. be monthly. But so if you get a 2G plan that has like, let's say, Let's say you get a 2G phone. Sorry, you get a you get a, a phone, a pay-as-you-go phone, and you pay for a 2G data plan. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just say that's a dollar for the 2G data plan, and the phone uh, is pay-as-you-go minutes. So you're going to be very stingy with your calls, and if you use WhatsApp, you don't have an SMS limit. Right. You don't even need SMS. You don't need an SMS plan. It just happens over the happens through the app. So it's like, so, so people probably are making voice calls, but you know, but it's, it's amazing how I think we were saying the other day, it's like, it's funny how often I will use voice to type text messages to <laughs> yeah. send instead of I just talking I do to that the all person. The time. Yeah. Cause it's a different mode of communication and it's, it's much better in many ways. It is. So the, I think the interesting thing there is this whole story about, you know, building apps that are essentially an API is a very attractive, like there's like, if this trend continues, or if you are building apps for these markets, which will continue to roll across the world for years, you know, the the next growth market will be somewhere else. And the next growth market will be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. 
And if the, you know, who knows what's really going to happen with the network speed and the cost of the carriers and everything, but you know, it's like Twitter and Facebook and, and you know, now WhatsApp, it, like the ability to communicate in a non-browser environment or people to access your application in a non-browser environment, I think is a really interesting strategy and certainly one that's very attractive to me. So APIs people, <laughs> that's where it's I, at. I had an interesting quote the other day and I don't know the source and I, it wasn't credited when I read it, but it made complete sense to me. Is the internet of things is the internet of APIs. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We should, we, we can do a, a whole show on, on home automation and internet of things coming up soon. Uh, hopefully I would, I would love to get this, the guy who's working on Skynet to maybe do an interview. Yeah. yeah well, maybe if you could, maybe, be cool if we get him for for number one hundred. Yeah, that would be really cool. Let's see what I can do. He seems like a he seems like a very sharing kind of guy. So mm -hmm. He seemed enthusiastic about talking about it. So. Exactly. So that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver, and we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>